Yesterday afternoon, um, I uh, spotted some Ben and Jerry's ice cream at half price in Sainsbury's. It's an advert. Um, and so I thought I'd buy my wife some Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And you would have thought when you saw the look on her face uh, when I brought it home that it is true that money can buy happiness. She was very, very pleased. Um, but what, that is just one of the lies, in fact, that, uh, that Mary sees through. One of the lies of mammon, of money, that Mary sees through and demonstrates in today's passage. It's a very powerful passage. As I was preparing um, for this week, I found myself laughing at the ridiculousness of it, how shocking parts of it are. Like, you did not just do that, Mary. Yes, she did. Um, and laughing out loud. And then there were times as well, I don't mind admitting, I was in a cafe over the road, where I even shed a tear, because I caught a glimpse, I think, of what Mary saw, and why she was so recklessly devoted to Jesus in this passage, why she just, she put aside all norms, she just didn't care what anybody else think, thought, and did the most outrageous thing in this passage. And, um, I think what we have today in today's Bible passage actually is one of the most beautiful, one of the purest examples of what it is to be a disciple of Jesus in the whole Bible. Um, Mary provides it for us. So if you're here and you're wondering what it means to be a Christian, um, we have a great example in today's passage. If you're here and you are a Christian, we have a great challenge (laughs) to our discipleship and to our faith in the passage today. And we're going to look at three kind of key parts, three key things that demonstrate um, how Mary has got free of three big lies that mammon can feed us. The three lies are this. Um, One I've mentioned, um, it's the last one. Uh, Mammon tells us that that, that money um, can buy us security, that money gives us security in life, Uh, that money gives us control in some way, of our own destiny. We're master of our own future. We have some money. And money brings us happiness, like Ben and Jerry's does. Um, Money can bring us happiness. But actually, uh, at a deeper level, um, we find that it can't. And Mary demonstrates this to us. And the first thing we're going to look at is that money brings us security. And that's, uh, we discover that, that Mary defeats that idea through this nard. Now, can you say nard with me? Say nard. It's quite an abrasive word. It kind of sticks in the mind. If you say it a few more times, say nard again. Nard. Say it a little bit louder. Nard. Now you'll probably be thinking about nard for at least the rest of the day, if not the rest of the week. And if I say nard like that a few more times, it might, might last most of the week and you might remember this point from the talk. Uh, nard represents security. Uh, this was an extravagant, wasteful use of a year's wages worth of perfume. It was ridiculous to do this. This provided... Imagine... Um, is Stephen here? Stephen, Stephen. I was asking him earlier if he knew how much his guitar was worth. Um, his guitar is worth 500 pounds, do you say? About 500 pounds. Uh, imagine, um, imagine one of you here thought, you know, the way I want to respond with my uh, giving during this season of, of looking at our giving is I want to buy... Um, Stephen is so amazing at leading worship, so incredible at leading worship. I think he needs a very special guitar. And so I'm going to give a year's wages. I'm going to spend 40 grand, say, on a guitar so Stephen can lead worship that little bit better. 
How would you feel? I think as associate vicar, I'd be pretty upset with you if that's what you did. Stephen is a wonderful worship leader, but he does not need a £40,000 guitar. But there's a sense in which there's a similarity in this passage. Uh, In that culture, if you were hosting a party like this and everybody had come in hot and sweaty, no air con, all guys bunched together, it would have stunk. It would have been a bad smell. And so a host at a big party like this, celebrating Lazarus' resurrection, might have gone around with a little bit of perfume and put some like on the forehead of each person to kind of just get rid of the general aroma. But to smash this like this, a thing like this, a year's worth of wages is of this nard, there we go, saying it again, is just a waste. It's, 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 it doesn't, it's ridiculous. It's offensive to everybody there. Like, well, it's a year's wages. And Judas, understandably in some ways, says don't spend 40 grand on a guitar. Don't waste 25 grand's worth of perfume all over his feet. It's totally unnecessary, ridiculous, excessive, totally out of proportion. Isn't it? But you see, Mary is demonstrating something very powerful here in doing this. This might have been an heirloom, this nard, that had been passed down. In that culture, if they'd been robbed or the Romans had suddenly come along or whatever, you could grab your nard and that might give you some security as you fled home. Years worth of wages. When I was younger, I was told, make sure sure you've got three months of savings, always in your savings, because in case you lose your job, you've got three months. Did anybody else get any advice like that? This This is Mary saying, here's our security. Smash. Because my security is found in you and you alone. This represents her security, or maybe her family's security, this lie of mammon that, mo- that money gives us security. And what she's saying here in her discipleship is she's saying, no matter what the cost of following you, Jesus, no matter what the cost, I don't care. No matter what the cost, you're worth it. You're worth it. And what offends people is they don't see that Jesus is worth it. Mary does. All I have is yours, is what she's saying. All I have is yours. It's not mine. The title of today's talk is What You Have, You Hold. And Mary's saying, it's not mine. I'm not holding on to it. I'm laying it down. All I have is yours. And in doing so, it's a powerful antidote to the lie that mammon feeds us that that, um, uh, money provides our security. And it's a challenge, a huge challenge, as we've already seen, to Judas as well. And it just gets worse and worse as far as everybody there is concerned. So the next thing, um, nard, the, the next thing is the feet. We've looked at the nard, we've looked at security, now we look at the feet, and the feet is all about control, laying down our control. All I have is yours, all that I am is yours, is what Mary's saying now. Um, Just so you remember this bit, just give your toes a little wiggle, your feet a little wiggle where you are, just acknowledging your feet. Um, Now, in that culture, again, um, feet... Uh, For somebody to wash your feet was, um, there were some parts of um, that world where a master couldn't even ask the lowliest slave to wash his feet. It was so demeaning that there were actually laws that said you could not even ask your slaves to wash your feet. It was that 
lower thing. So what Mary does here in anointing and washing Jesus' feet is shocking. Again, the crowd are like, you did not just do that. But what she's saying again is something hugely powerful. Mammon says that money brings you control. We all love to be in control. Whether it be the remote control, or yesterday afternoon my wife put her half-eaten corn on the cob down for just a moment, and my one-year-old Leo grabbed it and shoved it in his face as soon as he could. We want to be in control, whether it's the corner of the cob or the remote control or of our lives, of our destiny. And we feel that money gives us that control. Well, what Mary's doing in this action of extravagant, all I have is yours. She's also saying all I am is yours because I lay down at your feet any sense in which I, I'm more than the humblest, humblest servant. What you might not even ask me to do, I willingly do and wash your feet. The lowliest servant wouldn't do this. But she says, I'm giving up all control. All, like, I, I am your servant. You are my master. And even more than you would call a slave on to wash your feet, I'm, there's nothing that I won't do for you. Nothing. And you know what? I think and this is the challenge. I, I'm so glad Judas is in this passage because he can seem like the anti-hero to what Mary's doing. But actually... So I'm, I'm so grateful because I see bits of me in Judas. And um, this, I think, is a point of departure for Judas. I, think he's, I said this was one of the purest, most beautiful examples of discipleship in all of Scripture. I think Judas is looking at one to one side and he looks at this and he goes, oh my goodness, if this is discipleship, I'm not sure I want in anymore. If it means... All I have is yours. And we know he's pinching money out of the pot. If it means all I am is yours, I will do anything for you. Even the lowliest servant's job. I'm not sure I'm in. And we know that because he goes straight on from this passage, from this moment, to the chief priest to betray Jesus. And there's a sense in which what, what Mary is saying, he says, I'm sold out for you. I am sold out for you. And the challenge of Judas to all of us is, if we're not sold out for him, then there's probably something we're willing to sell him out for. Do you see? For a few pieces of silver or whatever the cost is. If we're not sold out for Jesus, all I am is yours, then is there something we'd be willing to sell him out for? I'm so grateful for Judas. It's so challenging, isn't it? But I'm so grateful there's that voice there to go, ah, I need to go somewhere from over where maybe Judas's heart is now, if I'm to be a disciple, a little bit closer, even if we're not there yet, to where Mary is in this passage. The feet, the control. Last of all, or the last um, main point, um, the hair. The hair. This is probably the worst of the lot. The hair here is the challenge to, to happiness, where you get your joy in life. The lie that mammon feeds us that it brings happiness, that Ben and Jerry's or whatever it is will bring you your ultimate happiness. Uh, and what Mary does in taking her hair down, again in this culture, is outrageous. 
This is, I mean, this is the point that even the most other devoted of other disciples there would have just gone, oh, too much, too much. Um, because, again, in that culture, this isn't just a, a, a Muslim thing, a Near Eastern culture, to take down, for a woman to take down her hate, you only ever did that. At least you only ever did that in your home. Many would have only done that in the marital bedroom. To do that in the presence of someone is to say, I love you. You are the one that owns my heart completely. It's in you that I find love, that I give love in the most intimate way where I find true happiness and joy. For Mary to do that, she, she breaks the nod. She says, my security is found in you. She gets down to the lowliest point, like a servant says, all my life is yours, no more control, I'm completely in your service. She lets down her hair and she says, not because you're king, though you are, not because you're powerful, though you are, I've just seen you raise my son from the dead, but because I love you. I willingly do this, I joyfully do this, because you're the source of my happiness. No holds barred. All my have is yours, or I am is yours, or my love is yours. How is it? And what's so beautiful about this when I was looking at it is, is her freedom. She just doesn't care what everybody else thinks. She's so focused and devoted on Jesus. She just doesn't care. The outrage that she's causing, she's shouted down. She's abused for this doesn't care. How do we get that free? It's been said that unless you found something worth dying for, you haven't really found anything worth living for. How do we get this kind of free from the perceptions of other people, from the ties of money and all that it means? How do we get that free? Again, I think we have some beautiful examples for Mary. I'm becoming a biggest fan, as you might be able to tell. Whenever we find Mary, we find her at the feet of Jesus. One of the first times in Luke chapter 10, we find her at the feet of Jesus at his teaching, when Martha's running around, and she's just listening to him. She's trying to get his way of life. She's listening to his teaching. She's being inspired by it. She's realizing that he has a vision for life that she's never heard anywhere else before. If you want to get free like this, Start listening to Jesus more. Alpha, small group, is a great way to do that. Uh, The next time we see Mary at the feet of Jesus, it's a fascinating one, the chapter before this one. Martha comes to Jesus and says, if you'd been here, my my brother wouldn't have died. Lazarus wouldn't have died. And and Jesus gives her a bit of a lecture about the resurrection. A, A bit of a rebuke, really. Like, put your hope in me and... Anyway... But then Mary comes and asks exactly the same question, but there's a difference. She comes and asks exactly the same words. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But she does it on her knees. There's a clue there. Again, about how it is we get this free. We need to recognize that Jesus is Lord, and even in the tough things... And you know what, I've, I don't know about you, but I've had a week where I've encountered a lot of tough stuff in many people's lives in this community. 
like in the tough stuff, when we're grieving, when we're in pain, are we still able to get on our knees and say, but you're in control. You're Lord. And then we see Mary on her knees here with her hair down. How is it she responds to this love? Well, I think, I think it's because she always seems to be ahead of the game. I think she's seen what not all of the disciples have yet seen. Isn't it a fascinating little point in the reading where Jesus says, he, he rebukes the crowd, he says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. It's interesting. You see, I think Mary has seen something that the others haven't yet seen. I think she, there's a fascinating little bit at the end of the last chapter, the start of this one, where uh, all these friends gather to help Mary and Martha with their grief when Lazarus dies. They see Jesus raise him from the dead, and some stay there and rejoice, but some go back and tell the chief priests what's happened. And they, that's when they begin, they say, enough's enough, we've got to kill this guy. We've got to get rid of this guy. It's not a leap of the imagination to think that Mary might have heard back from some of that group of friends what was going on. The chief priests weren't best pleased. So when they gather again a little bit later, the friends, at the party to celebrate Lazarus' resurrection, she probably has heard what might be going on with the chief priests. And so she gets this burial perfume out. And she says, I've seen now. I see that you doing what you did for my brother has condemned you to death. I can see that what you did then in love for me, for my brother, for my family means you're going to have to die. Burial perfume. Do you see? And so she, like, I guess it's a key discipleship challenge for all of us. It's like, if you see that, that Jesus died for you in love, knowing he did it, knowing, that then, like Mary, you kind of, if you see with those eyes, you just go, all I have is yours, all I am is yours, all my love is yours. Do you see why it's such a, Beautiful example of discipleship, of what it means to be a Christian, but also, like, terrifying, right? Terrifying challenge as to what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. Nard, all I have is yours. My security is no found, longer found in money. It's found in you. Feet, all I am is yours. I'm your servant. I give up control. Hair, all my love is yours. There's this um, famous hymn, I think I'm going to come into land now, that kind of sums this up beautifully. And um, there's this verse, it says this. Um, after the 9am, Simon Weatherwood told me it was his favourite hymn. It was like a life thing for him. It says this. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. That's the nard. All I have is yours. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. That's the feet, the control. All I am is yours. Take my love. My Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasures store. 
take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. That's the hair. All my love is yours. I need to ask for God's help, I don't know about you, to be more like Mary and less like Judas. Because either we, um, like Mary, lay down our control and we're sold out for Jesus, or as I said, there's something we might sell him for. Either, like Mary, we see what he's done for us in love for us and we respond actually entirely proportionally as she does, or we don't. I wonder what the challenge is for each of you as you go into this week. For you, it might be um, the obvious financial challenge uh, to give a demonstration of your devotion to Jesus in some sacrificial way. For others, it might be something else that you need to break that has a hold on you. It might not be security, mammon stuff, but there might be something else that you need to break in your life. I wonder what it is for you that is the challenge from this. I wonder how you'll be praying to move a little bit from Judas's heart to Mary's heart through this week. I wonder what it'll look like. And there's a lovely image which I'm going to finish with and we're going to pray um, in this passage of what it's like for everybody around when people get free of mammon and when they become devoted to Jesus. It's a lovely little picture. Have a look at your Bibles again and look at verse 3. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Nobody there could miss this beautiful aroma that came out of this beautiful act of worship. Uh, And my suspicion is if we can get a little bit freer over the course of this series for mammon and enthrone Jesus more as Mary gives us this extraordinary example, that actually there will be an aroma that comes off those acts of devotion, of sacrifice, of love, that impacts us, that impacts our community, our church, our workplaces, our families, our marriages, as the aroma fills the space that we're in.